Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither, but hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. Welcome to the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast, powered by the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. I'm your host, Ben Page, and this episode is brought to you by HTR Innovations, FreelanceHuntStats.com, and DocsOutdoorSupplies.com. I want to give you a quick rundown on what the Waypoint Outdoor Collective is all about. So just enter into your podcast catcher or whatever you're listening to me on here and uh, type in Waypoint Outdoor Collective and hit subscribe. To listen to not only the Foul Front, but the Tom Rowland podcast, Off Grid, and and a few other high-quality podcasts. I teamed up with Waypoint because in this day and age, individuals with the same goal and heart need to band together and create a synergistic and powerful movement, not only against those that are opposed to hunting, but for those apathetic to the cause and don't quite understand our passion for all things wild. And this week on the show... I'm talking to Jerry Holden, the Southern Region Director for Ducks Unlimited. And in this episode, we're going to be addressing the question, where are all the ducks? Welcome to the Foul Front Outdoors Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit and educate new hunters while entertaining the rest of you. Without new hunters and the mentorship of those more seasoned, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So get the word out, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show. Because you're on the foul front. I don't think Alec is good. I think he's, I think I think he's nervous. I think he is nervous. Are you recording? Oh, yeah. Uh, We're recording now. <laughs> no, I got my... This tooth? I had uh-huh. a... I had a uh, what's it called? Root canal. Root canal yesterday A root morning. canal. Yeah. So you had a root canal. An emergency. It was word. awful. Emergency. So today on the show, I've got Alec Fair. Um, Fear. 
Alright, we're just gonna scratch this whole thing now. No, we're not scratching anything. <laughs> Alec Fair, Alec Fair. Siri says fair. So that's how I have to say yeah, it. Siri's wrong. Well, we got <laughs> Alec Fair and our good buddy Austin. Um, so today on the show, this is a little bit new format that we're trying out. Uh, these guys are uh, hopefully going to be coming onto the show a couple more times because I'm getting really bored uh, recording like by myself. Yeah, you're a loner. I'm just a loner. Yeah. So, so we got these guys on today. Uh, Alec almost made it onto the show once um, when we we went out on a hunt. Um, well, I, you've been on the show. Yeah. Double, almost, yeah. yeah. Um, with Chad. Talk with Chad. That's right. He was. You were on that one with Chad. So. But yeah, so uh, Alec, why don't you give us a little rundown on so the listeners know who you are. Uh, my name is Alec Firo, here from Manhattan. Uh, kind of ran, when Ben moved to the area, I met him over his podcast on Facebook, kind of, and then we got to talking and kind of started hunting a little together and went down hunting with uh, Hunt Hickory Creek down there, and then we went and hunted with chad at sky panda and done a couple other things around here so that's pretty fun but uh, i've never really waterfowl hunted till high school uh austin honestly probably introduced me to it and a couple of our other buddies and i pheasant hunted a quail a lot when i was younger but kansas boy from around here in manhattan yeah so yeah um so you you basically you got started in upland and then yeah then i Started spreading into turkey, deer, waterfowl. All right, and you uh, you go to college here, right? Yeah, K State student. I'm a sophomore. Yeah, and you are in the K. I can't remember what it's uh, called. Wildlife Outdoor Enterprise Management. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a <laughs> outdoor stuff. I don't. Know. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. It's uh, you know, it's wildlife, uh, but without the science, right? No, a lot of science. A lot of science. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Austin. Uh, my name is Austin French, uh, also from Manhattan. Alec and I grew up together around here, went to high school together. So, started hunting together back in high school, like Alec said. I was kind of the same way, though. We all kind of got into waterfowling around the same time. Um, growing up, I was, like he said, upland. And then, basically, when I got to high school is when hunting really took off for me. So what what happened in uh, you know the transition from, I know it was only a couple of years ago boys but what happened from the transition from junior high to to high school that you were like ah I think they're just meeting each other you know well, it's just I mean, getting vehicles probably uh, yeah able to do. yeah you got to be able to put on miles yeah. so I mean my family they did it when uh, when they were younger and stuff mm-hmm. but by the time I got got older I was so big into sports along with my siblings my dad got out of it and so once we all kind of met each other and were able to yeah, do our own things, that's when it just kind of took off. My dad so. was the same way, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. Uh, decent little intro there. Um, so yeah, I, I've spent most of this season kind of yucking it up with you guys. Uh, I guess bumming off your permissions, really, is all I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd show up late and uh, I'd leave early. And uh, yeah, well, we had a good time. Yeah, oh, we yeah. had a real good time. But all right, so let's get into it uh, today. I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, there's a couple things I want your guys' reactions on. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, so Sunday hunting. Did you know that there's uh, like I think there's like ten states. You yeah, can't, I saw they they yeah. opened up about four states now. Yes, yeah, three states uh, have it on the the legislature 
or it's at uh, the state senate or whatever. So you got Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, and then I don't think Connecticut is as far as along uh, with their bills. Uh, but essentially, they're going to be able to hunt on Sunday now. And uh, I wanted your guys' like, I know it's a, a holdover from basically the blue laws, you know, like, um, you know, church and state and all that stuff. But what would that do uh, in Kansas if you couldn't hunt on Sundays? Uh, restrict a lot of our time, honestly. Yeah. Weekends. I mean, you know, only... I mean, I think my whole viewpoint on this is what is a better way to spend the Lord's Day than out in the Lord's creation, you know? <laughs> well, I you think know? that they don't want you to... Uh, I know for a fact uh, you guys have... A, uh, you know, we were out there once, and if oh, yeah. it was on Sunday, we'd have been interrupting, uh, interrupting Mass. The service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then what are the poor hikers going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, no, I think that's... Um, I think it's good that they're getting rid of that. Um, sure. and, at least in my own thing, yeah. but um, I think one of the other things that it brings up too is it does give those birds an extra day of rest yeah yeah i think it just opens up a lot more opportunities for a lot of older guys i mean most people work a nine to five every monday through or friday and don't if they can only hunt saturday then why do it i mean i can see them being like hey you can't hunt on tuesday yeah (laughs) yeah i mean tuesday or i would take oh you can't hunt wednesday yeah tuesday wednesday thursday i'd take that over i'd I'd say the majority of people hunt weekends yeah because that's what they have available yeah you know your weekend regime out on that public ground you know and i didn't what really struck me is my dad has a quote and whenever like he like stubs a toe or something bad happens he says sunday buck and I never, I just always thought it was just something he said his entire life. And then I got to thinking, like, Sunday buck. Like, what is that? Does that mean something? Maybe it's like a, you know, if any of the listeners are out there and you're from one of these states that have heard something, uh, or that, from one of the states that you can't hunt on Sundays, I want to know if Sunday buck is, like, what it means. Because to me it sounds like it's, sun, like, uh, you know, Sunday buck. Yeah, there's that, you know. Saw the buck on Sunday, but I can't hunt it. Yeah. 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 At least that's not, I don't know. I'll have to, maybe yeah, I should yeah, ask my dad. Sense. That I makes don't know. sense. All right. Uh, another little piece of news that we have here is, um, so up in Alaska, have either of you ever been to Alaska? No. No? No. I want to. Yeah, I'm, fi- <laughs> I'm fixing to. I want to. That's in the five-year plan, heading up yeah. there. Uh, but anyway, so the Secretary of the Interior, uh, Mr. Ryan Zinke. Zink? Zinke? Do you guys know? Zink. Is it Zinc or Zinc? Okay, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, he's approved a 12-mile stretch of road between King Cove and Cold Bay, Alaska. So now apparently between Cold Bay um, and King Cove, the only all-weather airport around is King Cove. And so that residents from Cold Bay, um, the only way they can get there is by boat or by plane. Mm-hmm. And so if there's like a medical emergency and the weather's bad, they can't, they can't get do it. They can't get out. Um, so, you know, that all sounds good, but the, the big thing is, is that this road is going to make it so that medical emergencies can get to the airport on time. Uh, they're calling it a life-saving road. Uh, that's literally what the article was titled. So the implications of which are, though, that it's going to cut right through Alaska's Izembek Wildlife Refuge. I probably butchered that one as well. Uh, which is deemed a critical stopover for more than 80 different species of waterfowl coming off the uh, tundra. Now, Senator Jewell of Alaska determined that the lost habitat outweighed the potential benefits of constructing a road, uh, to which Mr. Zink, Zinke, um, 
we're going to get hammered on that by mm-hmm. not knowing. Probably, but oh well. <laughs> uh, criticized that decision by claiming it that it prioritized birds over human lives. Obviously, a moral and legal battle battle will ensue, and uh, as it always does. And so, I wanted your thoughts on that. Is that twelve miles? That? It's twelve mile single lane dirt road that's going to be cutting down through the middle of a bunch of, uh, I think what they call it, sawgrass or palm grass or something like that. And it's, uh, I guess, it's a really critical uh, flyway zone. And here you have a you know a state senator who is saying, hey, it's not the road's not worth it because of the destruction to habitat that's going to cause, um, and I guess the research that come from it. And then you have the uh, the head of the Department of the Interior saying, no, we need to build the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, how many people have died? You know, I mean, I feel so like, is a, it like a precautionary road or is it like... No, I, an like I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, I, I don't know the populations of these towns, yeah. but I'm sure there's a reason someone's calling out a life-saving road. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's hard. I feel like maybe more extensive research yeah, needs you to be done. more. Yeah, stuff. I think that what they were saying is, is one of the reasons. Thank dogs. Yeah. One of the reasons, um, you know, that they're not going with this is there's a hovercraft apparently um, that they've been using and it's been working, uh, I guess, just fine or not fine. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it it always you know kind of brings the question is like, hey, what is more important, like one or two human lives or like um, the entire migration or you know how much is it really like you know it's that constant battle between us encroaching on natural wildlife yeah um and reserve areas or you know preserving human life yeah i mean i'm thinking like this road's gonna be i mean like 12 miles when you're thinking about something like around kansas like think cheyenne bottoms i mean think about how many roads cut through cheyenne bottoms yeah i mean it's like section does it really it'd still be a refugee the the ducks there yeah i I mean they land Two yards off the road. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, something to think about. And uh, if you have opinions or if you really want to comment um, on our lack of preparation for not knowing uh, how to pronounce Zink or Zinky or <laughs> Eisenbeck or Cold Bay or whatever, go ahead and let us know. Uh, we definitely would like to hear from you. Okay, should we uh, should we get into it? What is the beef uh, meat of this episode today? It is... Waterfowlin' 101. Um, if you're a new waterfowl hunter, uh, this is the episode for you. And if, the, if you're not a new waterfowl hunter, this episode is going to be perfect because you're going to sit back and you're going to reevaluate whether or not you should be listening to this show and the opinions <laughs> of the uh, people on it. No, just kidding. Uh, but this is, this is intended to um, definitely help get people out into the marsh and, uh, or, or the timber. Or yep. whatever. Or dry whatever. field. Or dry field. Whatever, whatever whatever you got. We'll get to that point a little bit later. Um, but this is the episode for you, and so let's uh, let's get into it. So uh, the first topic that we wanna we're gonna talk about is is why would you ever go waterfowling? Why not just stay home? Like I mean it's early and it's cold. Why stay at home when you can go shoot ducks, right? Well that's a that's a perfect question. The enlightened, um, or I guess the consumed, would say that, and uh, I agree. I think that um, I'm not a guy that can just sit home and play on my Xbox. Uh, I've always been that way. I, I don't. I don't 
you know, admittedly, I don't own any gaming consoles, <laughs> so when I said that sit there on my Xbox, that was a fiction term. Um, but, yeah, I can't, I'm one of those guys, I just can't, I can't stay home um, and uh, not go out and do something productive in nature or unproductive. But um, one of the biggest things for me uh, with waterfowl hunting is um, just getting out there and being with friends. Yeah. That's oh, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we said, I mean, that's how we all started out. Yeah. Yeah. I would be lying, though, if I if I didn't tell you that, like, it's always underscored. You know, there's always those guys that are like, oh, just as... Long as I'm out there, it could be a you know bluebird day, and I don't see a single bird, I'll be just happy. And kudos to those dudes. But I gotta see some, I gotta <laughs> see some green smack in the water. You know, yeah. I don't know about you. There, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like getting those birds to interact. So, what's uh, what's one of the reasons like you would try to convince somebody to go waterfowl hunting with you? It, you know, it's it's almost like kind of like a primal thing. It's like bigger than just the killing too. It's like yeah, you're doing something that, that's everything. been done since the first man, you know? Yeah, the, I mean, the hunt. Yeah, yeah. And it's I like, mean, you're able to trick those birds and have them cupped up, groups of hundreds just plopping down right in your face. I mean, yeah. it's pretty cool It's a experience. huge adrenaline rush, too. I mean, I've done a lot of things, and there are yeah, very so. few things that can continually get my adrenaline going. I'd, I'd say like skydiving was the only thing that just... I've jumped out of an airplane, and I'll say, yeah, I'd say they're close. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it really it's like, is. It's like you just got to imagine like those hunts where it's just like they're just coming in perfectly. And it's like you got to just keep jumping out of an airplane like that oh, to yeah. get that adrenaline going. Well, like that last hunt that we went on, Alec wasn't there. But um, when we went out and those birds were coming in, I think we had a group of like 200 of geese coming in. And um, I might have looked calm and poised, like sitting <laughs> head down. I wasn't calling any shots. I wasn't taking pictures. I had just showed up literally 20 minutes before uh, it was shooting, you know, shooting time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just down and I was waiting. But I was sh- like, there wasn't a calm ounce um, oh, yeah. in me. And that's not my first flock of birds that's come in. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so. it's the thing is, like, no matter how many groups you see do it over, like, I mean, we've been hunting like a short period of time compared to a lot of people listening, right. but even then just watching birds do it over and over again, you never really lose that feeling or that rush. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, whether it's I mean, two or 300, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the other, I think the other thing too is, is um, there's a huge culture to being a waterfowl hunter. Um, everybody knows like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's two ways to tell. Um, I, you know how you'll know that there's a duck hunter in the room? He'll tell you. Like, yeah, true. He yeah, will. Like, be talking. You'll find each other. Um, and uh, there's a, it's kind of a, you know, I think, so, I can't remember who said it, but it's like a brotherhood of secrecy. Like, we're all, you know, buddies oh, and we're yeah. all connected and we'll tell our stories. But, like, I'm not going to tell you where my roost pond is, yeah. you know. I'm not yeah. going to tell it's you where. It's pretty clickish, too, you know. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can find your people and then you can find your, your anti-people, too. Yeah, right? we found them. <laughs> oh, story found him this year. Story for later. I'd oh, like yeah. to hear that. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, any uh, you know, I don't think that those. I don't think if somebody's listening to this, trying to get convinced about being a waterfowl hunter, um, I don't think we've done the job, and I don't think that we can. No, it's something you got to experience for yourself. You just got to go out and find you gotta, somebody who does yeah. it and go do it with them. I mean, 
you ask somebody who waterfowl hunts, more than likely they're going to take you. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, and it's if, like a brotherhood. I mean, we take if that doesn't work out, time. find somebody else and yeah. you might get a lifelong friendship out of it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the genesis of this podcast is, is that I had to start doing this by myself because I didn't have any friends that were going to be uh, <laughs> hunting waterfowl. So uh, I had one, I had my one buddy, Tony, and I just texted him and he told me what I needed to do. And then I got on refuge forums. I got on uh, like Facebook. Uh, I can't remember. I learned a lot of bad, terrible lessons. And then uh, had to, I just wrote them all down. And I said, I am not going to let somebody else repeat that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we've gotten to all of them yet. I think I lost my way along, uh, you know, teaching people the the hardcore lessons. But I think we'll be we'll be good. What we got next? What's what's the next topic? I know forms. Yeah. Okay. So we've just convinced you to go waterfowl hunting. Pretend we have tried. So uh, what are the different forms of waterfowling? Uh, I put like you got running, gunning. That's what we do a lot of that. I, would, I guess. That's what would you call? What would? How would you define run and gunning? Yeah, how uh, would you define run and gunning? I mean, we just go out. I mean, we don't have tons okay. of scout all the time, so okay. we'll go yeah. up to the marsh and we'll find the birds, kick them up, set up where they're going. Or yeah, we honestly had the, the best in, luck doing that. Running the river, or the marsh. Or, yeah, because yeah. with all I, the high water this year, that's what we did. Yeah, I think that's the best uh, thing to say too. Is just like when we say the forms of waterfowl hunting. There's there's a lot of right ways to do it. There's a couple wrong ways to do it. And so if you ask somebody, they might be saying, well, the only way to hunt them is in a marsh. Yeah. The only way to hunt them is in timber or only way to hunt them is in dry field. Okay, regardless of that, I think then what you're talking about is, is there's, uh, you know, I think you've got decoying, yeah, jumping, pass, pass shooting. Yeah, and jumping, pass shooting. Pass shooting. Yeah. Um, and so I, for me personally, I don't get a lot of satisfaction out of the latter two. Um Jump shooting and uh, pass shooting. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'll pass shoot some birds, but they got to be close. Yeah. Like um, We don't do much of it, but the opportunities there we do, I guess. Yeah. Because there's, there's more often than not, you want to see a decoy, though. Yeah. And if they're not, then you change something up until they do it. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's uh, the best, I think the most rewarding thing is, is to go pay a bunch of money for some decoys um, and put them out there and then watch birds come into them. That's uh, that's probably better than like taking out a bunch of birds. You know what I mean? Like you're always gonna like um, see that pond full of full of geese. You know, like, oh, we could sneak up on that, mm-hmm. jump that thing hard. Yeah, but imagine buying a bunch of decoys going out there, a the bunch ne- of them cupped up coming in the next yes, day. Yes, exactly. So, exactly. And if and you sit there and pass shoot them, all you're doing is just educating. You're them, educating them for the them next off. guy. You know. Now, I'll say this um, about jump shooting. I've done a fair amount of jump shooting. Oh, yeah. I think everybody yeah. has. Yeah. When, we, when we started, that's them. really all we did. Yeah. All our ponds. My first uh, like hunting experiences was we'd sit for about two hours, um, and then we'd go jump um, on the Rio Grande. And so, what, uh, you know, an effective method to do that was we would, you know, we'd sit out there, we'd have our decoys set up. Maybe shoot, you know, five, six, seven, eight birds, depending on the day or the spread or the wind conditions, and then um, everybody would st- you'd see one truck, you know, drive past you on the levee road, uh, right past the border wall, and uh, you knew it was time to start jumping your ducks. And everybody would just kind of leapfrog past each other all the way down, like for like two hours, just shooting ducks. Hmm. And, you know, and yeah, it's unique. Sometimes people would break the gentleman's rule, and uh, they would not wait their turn to jump. 
And so then it turns into like a drag race and uh, it gets a little sporty down there. But So yes, that's jump shooting. So when we say decoying, we're talking about setting up a decoy spread, playing calling the wind. Birds in. Yeah, calling the birds in and uh, having them come to you. Jumping is, you know, you're going to them. You're sneaking up on them and you're shooting them as they flush off the pond or, or on the water. Water swatting. Yeah. Water swatting. Question. We just ruined a vocabulary lesson. So we're, we're about to talk about some vocabulary. Um, but water swatting, is it legal in Kansas? No. It's not legal in no. Kansas. No. People do it. I know. It ain't legal. People sure do it. So there's a, I think there's a, I think I've misspoke on this in the past. Um, I, the, you know, there's the letter and then there's the, the intent of the law, right? There's the, the language of the law and then there's the intent of the law. Language of the law says you can't shoot ducks on the water. Unless, I'm pretty sure, unless it's injured, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that might, I'm not sure exactly how it's written, but. I mean, then it's not really like your water swan because that bird's, if he's crawling away, it's not flying. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get it. Right. Or and it just crawls off and dies. And I, I believe probably the genesis of that is, is like, it is a holdover from the old federal laws where they were literally trying to get rid of people running and gunning the rivers for canvas backs, like bringing up a one-gauge punt gun um, and uh, just schwacking, you know, 100, 200 cans on Mm -hmm. that all at once. Um, But uh, the other thing, too, is is what I don't think, I don't have a lot of success shooting birds on the water. I think you miss them more yeah, often than not, yeah. honestly. You don't want to try it, and you just waste shells. Yeah, I, you flush them up, and then you have a, you know, like half of their, well, like, literally like two-thirds of their body when they're in the water is sitting below the water. Oh, yeah. So, and unless you're Alec and you're shooting double bees even during teal season, um, that doesn't that doesn't hey, really help you. They're the cheapest at the time. Can't go wrong with those, <laughs> Rio, those oh, Rio Rogers. I was with them. No, the, I know the first time I went hunting with him, um... Oh my gosh! Well, first he drags me out to um, your guys' spot, and we wade through the water. And I was like, "Oh, this is." He steals my gloves, and yep. um, sounds about right. Yeah, and then this, the birds didn't work. He was telling me how great the birds were working. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we were. It was we hunted three before and, and shot our limit. Yeah, it was super quick. And, yeah, yeah, in like twenty minutes. Well, anyways, uh, what was it buffhead? No. Yeah, buffalo. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mounter. This mountable, just I mean, we don't get buffalo heads like that here. Beautiful, fully colored buffalo head, like, uh, had no reason to be that plumed out at that yeah, point in the season. No. <laughs> Flies to about 20 yards, um, and Alec just smokes it with double B. It gets back, like, unmountable, like, can't do anything with it. Like, it was a shame. He did it close, so, I mean, <laughs> hey. Hey, did you get a haircut? Him. Yeah. Dang. I didn't even notice. That's nice. Now, would you give it to Locks of Love? Huh? Locks of Love or whatever? How much did you cut off? Not a lot. Yeah, like yeah. 12 inches. Yeah. <laughs> How did I not notice that? <laughs> you know, you only get one chance to notice a man's haircut. It's true. It's uh, true. My apologies. Anyways, so Alec does a little overkill. Um, hey, I would say, though, Rogers Sporting Goods, $85 for a quesarillo of three-inch double BBs. I bought like five cases this year, and they're just amazing. Cheap, and they kill. So, oh, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I shoot the fancy stuff. I shoot that. Uh... Yeah, I don't have the money for that. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's college boys, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so we've talked about decoying, just very briefly. We've talked about jumping, and then pass shooting. Pass shooting is uh, it's when you. <laughs> But you're not getting the birds to work you when you're decoying. Yeah, you're um, just shooting well, as they fly by. Yeah, or you go or set if up. There's and... another group pass shooting at the birds that are swinging around to decoy into you. Yeah, hey, you wrote another vocab word. Which one? Swinging. Swinging. Oh hey, man, it's all right. That's all we right. had that happen multiple times this year. Yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, pass shooting, you can also do like where you. When I think of pass shooting, I think of dove hunting. Uh, you know, finding the the low break in the um, in the shelter belt along the cornfield, and you set up there, and the birds are going to be flying through there, and you're intercepting them. Yeah, but you know those dove mojos, those work some magic. The I use dove mojos all year long. Yeah, those are that's I mean, except on goose season, but yeah. um, we'll get to that too. But um, at any rate, um, so what did I? What have we missed? Do, should we talk about the um, the different terrain we can we can hunt uh, birds in? I mean, obviously, we'll get to that in the the later scouting episode. Like you mean, like timber, Mars? Yeah, and you know, there's some people that are you know, it depends on what region you're from. I think so. Yeah. Dudes from the well, south. I have jotted down uh, like like your solo and duo guys that like your layout and kayak hunters or like us, we hunt. I mean, like at least three to eight guys. I mean, fields, we hunt a lot more guys, but yeah. marsh even, we'll usually have two boats out there. Yeah. Well, that that brings up a good point, too, about, um, you know, jump shooting. There's some, you know, there's some people that what they'll do is they'll take their kayaks out and they'll go stalk birds. Uh, they'll, like, get up as close as they can to them, mm. you know, stop all means of forward movement, and then shoot the shoot the birds. But I know that's, like, California thing on those drainage yeah. ditches and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, you're right. So everybody probably thinks that, uh, any serious duck hunter needs a boat. No, not really. This year you did. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it all just kind of comes down to, and I think we're going to talk about it in a later episode about scouting. I mean, just being where they want to be without a boat. You just got to put in a little bit more work. A little bit more miles on the truck. A lot more work. Yeah. For the most so. part. And I mean, most of the time we've been waterfowl hunting, we haven't had boats. Yeah. So well, this I mean, year. It's just like this year and last year, really. I, mean, I had just enough of a boat this boats. year to tease me. I mean, so. last year we took out, we paddled our two little shitty John boats, like, I don't even know how far across that was from, oh, yeah. from the, from two the miles boat probably. ramp to the next point. It was mm-hmm. at least a mile and a half. And yeah. Stayed so. out there till about twelve and yeah, shot our four man limit of greenheads and some teal and it was pretty yeah. fun. I, I mean, got a, I got a buddy Matt that he just swears by kayak hunting, oh. and um, I mean, yeah, you can get where like you can, you can get where the birds are. I mean, you can get anywhere. It's yeah. versatile. But you know, a motor. <laughs> There's nothing better than just <laughs> squeezing that throttle and you're moving. That's so. true. Now, what if you could put a motor? Well, you can put a you motor can. on kayaks. Um, yeah. Trolling motor, yeah, serious. Some some of the serious kayaks, but uh, yeah, you're right. Um, that's definitely. I think that's uh, just a whole other hobby in itself. Yeah, is yeah. having a duck boat. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you can have a 
Some people got airboats. Some people got diver boats. Yeah. I mean, well, and don't be confused. I mean, you don't need the nicest boat out there to oh, kill no. birds. No, I mean, evidence far, here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, I want to talk a little bit about airboats. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Not really. No. We're not either. Some guy sank his at Tuttle this year. Well, I, I think that they're they're great. Like if you're just um, by yourself, you know what I mean, um, and you don't care about the rest of the uh, the county's ducks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're, loud. they're loud. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they do the job. But well, in Arkansas, is running into that problem with surface drives. Yeah, even yeah, because you keep putting mods on them, and they keep getting louder, louder and louder. So. Well, yeah, like so. Even you know, I'll I'll equate this too. When we're walking into a place, right? Um, I I tell like everybody, I'm like, do you really need your headlamp on right now? Like you can see the water. Like you you've got your walking stick. Like turn your turn your headlamp off. Mm-hmm. You're just you know. And I when I go in by myself in the dark, when I'm like the if I'm like the first guy out there and I'm trying to like hold down the public land, I'll walk right past a raft of three hundred birds and they're not gonna pop up because yeah. um, I don't use a headlamp and I'm generally going slow enough. But uh, kind of the same thing goes with the boat. Um, you know, you take a motor, uh, just for instance, it's probably, I think Dave Casper was telling me about this. He said, um, you know, it used to be when you went down the river, um, you, you know, maybe stir the birds up, they'd move a hundred yards and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with these, um, airboat, that airboats, flush them out. yeah, they're in the next County. Yeah, well, yeah. Cause there's a guy that does it here. There's a guy that does it here. Yeah. I know yeah. there's a guy that does it here. Um, and uh, there's a there's a one of my buddy's neighbors um, actually has one parked out or had one parked out in front of us, and not to say I wouldn't love to grab a ride on that thing someday, but yeah, I just I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's best for um, public land hunting. No, so I'll get off that tangent. Um, if you really want to get, uh, I I think a good starter boat is a kayak or a John boat, um, and then I. I think in the future we are going to touch up on some boat safety stuff. I know we've had a couple episodes on boats with layout boats, and then way back in the the beginning, if you're catching up on episodes or something, um, we had one with uh, duck water boats. And uh, at any rate, um, what else? So we we covered boats, covered walk in. Like there's nothing there's nothing against walking into a place. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's and most of what I did this year was walk in. So. Sleds are pretty versatile too. I mean, it's not a boat, but yeah, I got a carrying all your I got stuff. a boat that pretty much just turns into a sled every time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've done that. We take our jumbo and just oh yeah, throw everything you need in it and drag it beside you. Absolutely, good to go. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I think that covers like the different forms of waterfowling. So you got. Decoying, jumping or stalking, pass shooting, and then we kind of talked a little bit about terrain. Um, yeah. But you don't need a boat if you're in a dry field. No. But you do need a lot of gas, and um, I think I think dry field hunting is like bird hunting 300 level. What do you mean? So I mean, at this point, you're putting together like permissions, like there. I mean, how much dry field public land? Is there? Yeah, not very much. Yeah, you got to do a lot of scouting. You got to have a lot lot of decoys. A lot of scouting. Generally, you need a lot of decoys, Um, and then the blind situation obviously is um, paramount. And I think you just run into a little bit. 
I don't want to say field hunters are more serious because that's that would be. There's a different. I mean, yeah, it's just a different world. Just a different it really world. is. It's just a whole different level. Whole I don't different. think you start out field hunting. Like if you're doing it, like Not typically, yeah, yeah, step by step. But Somebody I mean, might take you if you've got yeah, the land you go and with stuff like that. that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like uh, if you have the connections and stuff like that, like of course. But if you're going through the natural process of beginning to waterfowl, then you're yeah. going to be hunting water. Yeah, you're going to be hunting water, and uh, you will probably dream about keeping your boots dry, walking across a uh, nice frozen cornfield, mm-hmm. um, and uh, having limits in your face but probably won't happen for a little bit yeah but we can talk about how you can get there um if you're going to be if you got the money the time and uh the know-how uh we'll talk you through the scouting but all right i think we've beat up the the forms of waterfowl hunting what we got next here alec the vocab and jargon jargon. all right austin's gonna kick us off there's some words that you are gonna hear on your first or your first season of waterfowl hunting, and we're here to help you not look dumb when they come around, and uh, you know exactly what they mean. So why don't you kick us off with some of yours? You know, my personal favorite is probably kill 'em. Kill 'em. Yeah, I feel like, and that's the most most important one too. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've been out with some new guys, and um, you know, sometimes you almost have to tell them to wait until until somebody says the words kill 'em. Cut them, whatever, whatever the group that you're with says. But I've been out too many times where you're hunting with people that you're not familiar with, and you got birds coming in, and you know I like my birds real close. Other people, mm-hmm. you know, especially new guys, they think they're a little bit farther away, yeah, or a little bit closer than they are. New guys, desperate guys, yeah. Uh, and so you just gotta, you gotta wait, you gotta wait, wait till you hear the words. So that leads me into so what he's what he's talking about is there is a uh, there's a there's a word that the group will use that is that says, hey, it's go time. Go ahead and shoot. Um, and I think what, you know, the question, at least when I roll up into a blind, I say, all right, who's the shot caller? Yeah. You know, who's, yeah. who's calling the shots? Yeah, we usually just whoever's closest or whoever has the best side or, I yeah. mean, honestly, it's just. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it's and different every time. Once you get time. with people enough, then, I mean. You just know. Uh, yeah. It's just natural. That's yeah. anarchy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, uh yeah, whenever you're hunting with new guys, though, there's always, there's always seems to be, like, it's either, you know, there's one dude that's, like, he's the guy, like, or it's a group of guys that, like, oh, yeah, we've kind of rotated off, but, hey, I think it's going to be Alec today because where he's sitting in the blind, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, sounds good. Um, Or, like, getting, you know, people to practice on it and whatnot so that you can have, you know, confident shot callers throughout the group. Um, But then there's always that, there's always the one guy that is just horrible at it. Um, and nobody lets him uh, yeah. Yeah. do that. So we didn't find out who he was um, this uh, this season <laughs> because I never volunteered to be the shot caller. <laughs> also, you don't get to be the shot caller if you, like, show up late, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, Got to get there and do all the work. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So I want to defend myself a little bit here. I only showed up late because I'm a good dad. And you yeah. guys are degenerate college kids. Not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, got, no. we got a little bit of time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someday you'll have college kids setting up your spreads for you, too. No, I'm just kidding. Sounds um, nice. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. Except the, the first day I think I hunted with you guys, like I like showed up on time. 
And I had to haul like half that dang spread over there by myself. I don't know if it was like initiation or we were testing We were probably out. just lazy on oh, yeah. good. Yeah. good we enough. know for as much as we hunt, I wouldn't say any of us are morning people. Yeah, yeah that's true. And what is that disgusting stuff that you drink in the morning? Venom? Uh, yeah, sometimes. What was that? It's an energy drink. Yeah, yeah it's, that it's like a monster, but like a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Dude, oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I no. can't buy a bang. <laughs> that adds up over the oh, season. Yeah. Okay, back on to vocab. All right, uh, what's what's some of your what's another vocab word you got? You got cupped up. So when when you got the birds that are committed to your decoy spread, and they cup up them wings, and that's kind of when you know, you know. And we'll get it more into the calling side of that. Yeah. But when birds cup yeah. up. That's when your adrenaline really gets going, and you know, especially you know what you're about to hear. You're able to notice it a lot more, like field hunting. Yeah, yeah, and it's because their wings are like flared out. Oh, they're doing the yeah, the the 180s. You know, one thing that I heard this season that I hadn't heard before. I kept hearing people say, "Oh, they're maple leafing. They're maple leafing," and I said, "I was just shaking my head. What the heck is maple leafing? What does that mean?" It's like when they're. You see it a lot more with like lessers. Uh, Yeah, you remember that one hunt. The only time I've ever seen graders do it is on that hunt that we went on. Where he was and inverted those two one, lessers you took the picture? came in and yeah. started going inverted, oh, and yeah. they just started doing flips coming in. Yeah. So the uh, what they're trying to say is is that they're like falling to the ground like a maple leaf as they go left, right, flipping up and down. I like, mean, it's pretty cool seeing a group of like one, two, <coughs> three hundred specs or lessers. Oh, just like when we were going out with crazy when we were out with Chad, and that was what. Yeah. Yeah, that was nuts. We had it happen to us last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. get the invite on that one. So yeah. You were covering the tournament. I don't want to talk about it. So, um, Oh, that's true. That was that yeah. was fun. Yeah. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys have fun? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Was it? Did you feel a little bit... So, for anybody knowing that last weekend there was a... Uh, it was the inaugural Goose Games uh, put on by uh, Second Split uh, Delta Waterfowl Chapter... And the boys here participated uh, while myself and Elliot from Freelance, uh, we went down to Wichita and we hung out with Chad and, uh, you know, basically kind of hosted the thing, did some media mm-hmm. coverage. I wouldn't say hosted, did uh, media coverage for them and whatnot. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and you guys got, what, did you get third or fourth? I think we got like fifth or sixth. Oh, fifth or whoa, sixth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I was thinking like second and a half probably. Second no. and a half. I, I asked Chad. I mean... <laughs> It just we had our feed was mainly lessers and specs. Yeah, yeah. I mean it really we did didn't come down. You guys shot a banded spec. Yeah. yeah. Hey, who uh, who who shot that spec? It's the guy. One of our buddies. Oh, he's okay. mounting it though. So. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, perfect. Fun, fun. Mounted yeah. up in Alaska too. So, anyways, uh, I found out that um, a lot of geese weigh twelve point two pounds. Yeah. Yeah, not, literally not as many of our geese. We that I mean, <laughs> that's true. Next, I feel like next year, if we do it, we're gonna find a big Canada feed. Yeah, just well, strictly graders. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I, I was just amazed every time we'd be like, oh, like it didn't matter. The bird could look like it was smaller. The other bird could look like it was bigger. Yeah. Um. But you know, density and I don't know, bird density. I'm no scienceologist. I think um, all our birds were like 10.5, and the winning yeah. teams were all like 12. And 11. Yeah. 11 and 12, 11. 11.5. What was crazy was the consistency. 12.2 pounds, 12.3 pounds, 12.1 pounds, like all within like a yeah. point tenth of a pound. Tenth well, that one pound. team got this between second and third place. It was point one. Yeah, that's crazy. They took it. Yep. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Point was, one pound. It was crazy. And they, they showed up at like 11 a.m. They were like done. 
really. Yeah. And, yeah, so. I think a lot of those teams shot six and came home from what it sounded like. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Or came home. The ones that were, were far away. Yeah. I think. All right. Back onto vocab and jargon. Sorry. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about tournaments later. Yeah. But, uh, okay. What else you got? So then, like we said earlier, swinging. Swinging. Yep. So when you got your, got your group of birds, group of ducks, group of geese that are mm-hmm. looking at your decoy spread, they're right. coming in, you're calling at them, they're looking at it, and more often than not, you've got your birds will swing around your whole spread, and they'll center back up. Right. So they'll come back to where your kill hole is. So that's all how you set up your decoys and stuff. But more often than not, you're going to hear people say, oh, they're swinging, they're swinging. Because yeah. most of the time when you're in a blind, or depending you got, on where you're standing, you can't see certain You'll have sides. one guy looking and... Yeah. Watching and paying attention, so you yeah. know, right? So letting right. everyone else know where they are. All right. So, what other vocab words do we got? Hmm. I'll tell you one that I think is a fun word. Jerk rig. Jerk rig. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, jerk rig is not probably what you're thinking it means, but uh, it's a uh, it's a a rope that you run out to the to an anchor or a stake out in the middle of the, the pond. It's got a little elastic on one end of it so that you hook your decoys up to the to the rope and you pull it and you jerk it and it springs back and it makes the, the decoys look like they're moving. Yep. yep. I think it's huge on days that aren't windy. Yeah, we when used to using... jerk cord a lot this year. Yeah, it's like the, it's, um, the most probably... It's probably killed more ducks than uh, all the motion other motion decoys combined. I mean, yeah, we didn't even use mojos this year. No, mojo, a mojo a in my mojo. book. Yep. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be a lucky duck. It could be a, I don't, a yeah, mojo spinning wing. Mojo, just call it a mojo. Everything yeah. is called a mojo. Yeah. yeah, unless Lucky Duck is listening to this. The I C- like Lucky Ducks better than Mojo, but I still say Mojo. So I don't know. It's like a. Do you, are you a Lucky Duck or a Mojo guy? I'm indifferent if it works. Yeah, you know, I've ran into too I mean, many problems. Either one of have them. About just, eight, if you get them wet, they just. Seem to we have about work. eight broken mojos in our shed. Not my mojos. I got the. I carry the mojo, the dove mojos. I don't buy <laughs> oh them <gosh>. duck mojos. <laughs> I only have the the dove mojos. And I tell you what, like I've had one go into the water. It was in the water for at least an hour. And I, when I pulled it up out of there, it was it was still spinning. Well, I do want to get some lucky ducks though. We have we have a couple buddies that we used to hunted brought them on the hunt mm-hmm. with us. I think now year. the cool ones. Does Mojo make them too with the remotes? Oh yeah, yeah, they all make them. They all have them with yeah. the remotes now. Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty cool too. Especially just a lot dry of... fields, they're crazy important to have remotes on. Yeah. In my opinion, if you're if you're running a duck and goose spread, yeah, you so. have to have the remote if you're going to be hunting geese. Yeah, because yep. geese don't like mojos. Yeah, but ducks in a dry field, mojo is killer. Geese do like flags though. There's another vocab. How many times did you guys have a flag out there? Not enough. Every time I was there, except once, right? Yeah. No, we started using. I had a crab flags are flag, huge. But my, they're huge. My yeah. broken flag that I have. Oh yeah. But speaking of flags and goose hunting, sky busting. Sky bu- Ooh. What's a what's a sky buster? That's Alec? my least favorite oh. kind of hunter. Yeah, we've hunted some this year. Oh yeah. So. It's like your passion. It's. It's like like it's, like we talked about before. It's your form of hunting that goes with pass shooting almost. So you got ducks or geese that um, they're not working good enough for you, and you start shooting high at them. Yeah. Or you got your guys with their incinerator black eagle chokes with 
three and a half inch heavy shot. Like, oh, I can make that 90 yard shot, dude. I like shooting ducks that far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I once heard a guy say this year, this is this is how you know you're a sky buster. Once heard I heard say, too. I would rather shoot a duck at 80 yards than at five. That's just, who would say that? Somebody that doesn't shoot somebody enough Somebody that doesn't own yards. any decoys. Yeah, <laughs> somebody that doesn't that shoot high. enough of them at five. That guy didn't bring any decoys that day, did he? Mm, no. I can't remember. No. I don't think so. No? And I'm pretty sure, yeah, no. No. I want the paint getting knocked off my decoys from birds. Oh, yeah. Oh, it happens. I like them yeah. sunk. <laughs> we sunk uh, a few. <laughs> a band. Band? That's your jewelry. That's what. You, that's the golden yeah. ticket. We almost got skunked this year. Yeah, last bands. last two field hunts of goose season, two bands. Yeah. Oh, you guys shot two bands. Canada yeah. from Milford in 2015, and a speck from Alaska in 2015. The Canada was from Milford. Yeah, band around Wakefield. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. One of those uh, Annenberg geese. Yeah, of course. I see them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's here's a, we're gonna get into a little bit of um, anatomy. Um, we'll start it off with Drake, male duck, just male duck. Yeah, all you I, want to shoot the yeah. prettiest. Yeah, hey, I'll shoot hens. I will. I mean, I do. You a Susie killer? It happens. I am a Susie, Susie killer. Susie. I'm a Susie killer. Yeah. Hey, a duck's a duck, man. <laughs> nah. I've had this. I've had this argument. No nah. brown ducks. Um, I've had this argument multiple times. Um, Gotta get them pretty ones. A duck's a duck, and they, you know, but whatever. All right, so you got a Drake and a Susie, and I like to call, I call my, uh, you know, like that's a good bull sprig, yep. you know, yep. or sprig. a good bull teal. I call bull, you know, call it bull. Drake's bulls. Yeah. Yeah. The most common one you hear it on those for sure. Canvas backs. You got your bull cans mm-hmm. and your bull sprigs. So, Pennies. Yep. So a sprig is a pintail because it has a. Uh, very long tail coming out the end of it, or a long tail feather that is called a sprig. Yep. And then you got a bowl can, which is a canvas back. We shot yeah. a bowl can this year. And I've seen double. I saw a double sprig killed this year too down in Oklahoma. Oh. I don't, I heard that the double like double sprig or the the mallard curls. None of that matters. Yeah, I don't know. I've I haven't seen too many double sprigs though. Yeah, looks cool. But, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What else we got? Greenhead, obviously. Uh, a green head. That's that's like a, that's a bold green wing teal, right? <laughs> it's got some green on its head. <laughs> no, or uh, yeah, yeah, or uh, what do you call it? Hollywood, uh, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. spoonies. So, okay, so a green head is a mallard drake, and then uh, another duck that has a green head is a spoonie. Yeah, spoonbill. Just uglier. Yeah. I don't Some know. would say prettier. You know, people would ask me, "Hey Ben, why do you not? Uh, why do you hate on the spoonies?" And it's, I'll tell you, it's because I don't, I, I still don't like the taste of them. Yeah, they're, they're a tough bird. Yeah, tough I mean, bird. better than a coot, bro. Not, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, we got any coot hunters listening? Yeah, my my buddy Wilson's a coot hunter. <laughs> it's the first duck he ever shot. It's a coot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, we didn't get we didn't get skunked though, according to him. Uh, what else? Silos. So what? Dive bombs. Dive, dive bombs. bombs. I would say dive bomb is becoming like the mojo name. You know, they're the best. And they are. Hey, I agree. And I don't just say that because of our good friend Asher and the fact that we combined in this room right now have like forty or fifty dozen of them. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, I'm next sorry, year we'll have like ninety dozen. Of them. Oh God! You know, if we hunt I primarily graders, and you know, in my opinion, I'd say the graders are definitely more weary compared to lessers. Yeah, and last but year we, have... we were watching just Instagram video after Instagram. We're video. talking about greater Canada geese and lesser Canada yeah, geese. Sorry, for those that, sorry, that aren't tracking. We were just watching videos after videos, of just monster spins. So big groups of lessers, mm-hmm. snows, specks coming right into these silhouettes, and we were just sitting there, and with our, it'd take us four truck beds to get out all the full bodies that we Freaking had. Bigfoots. And we were like, this is ridiculous, and we sold them all. Yeah, yeah. it took me twenty minutes to get those eighteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, up my, up, just up out my front door. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad we made the conversion over to silhouettes because. I mean, we've seen what 50 dozen decoys looks like in the bed of a truck. And it's not bad. You, yeah. st- you still got room for three blinds and a oh, yeah. dog kennel. Everything. Yeah. And, and that's another big thing for uh, new hunters is Just way cheaper. cheaper. Oh, way yeah. cheaper. And they work. Yeah. They work, Why in not? my opinion, just as good. So yeah, I mean, it's expensive to have a trailer full of avian x full bodies. Well, we got even, a buddy who has them. And I know. I he's got a lot of money into that. Spread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then people will complain about oh, you can't get them in the ground in the late season. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you oh mean, yeah, we oh, did. Yeah. You get a mallet, a couple taps, <laughs> just a go. couple tap, tap, tap it in. All right, hey, um, what else we got here? You got any more vocab words that people need to know? Mm, I mean, or yeah. argue with us about? When I said like, hit them, I mean, I know we say that a lot. Like hit when when you're watching birds swing, and you're not, oh. you're not very good. Uh, if you're not a very good caller, but you're sitting there watching the birds and the guy who yeah. is guys guy who is calling can't not, see where they are. Yeah, not so. to be confused with cut them or take them. Yeah, uh, hit them is when the the guy in the group that is requesting the best caller to or call it. Hit him yeah. with the flag too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah flag. Hit him with a call. So, and yep. I mean, that's important, especially you gotta hit the birds on the swing. Yeah, yeah, gotta call out them on the swing. Commit. Yep. So, for sure, for sure. All right, I'm sure we could talk all day about different vocab words and jargon. And yeah, whatnot, I'm sure next year I'll hear, hear another fifty oh, yeah. words that I haven't heard this. I year. mean, we was so there we any hot buzzwords? Own. Was there any? Oh, you have some of your own? No, we just have like our own oh. just stupid shit. We give say. me, yeah. give me, give me one. Uh, I can't think. It just happens out there. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's just in the yeah. moment. Okay. All right, tools of the trade. What What does a guy got? What's a guy or gal got to do? To get out there, what's like the the entry way uh, into waterfowl hunting? Number one, go. You know, yeah. we took out a guy this year who's never been hunting in his life. Parents hate hunting. Parents hate hunting. Whole family just hates it. And he texted me and said that he wanted to get into it. And I told him if he buys a shotgun and some camo, we'll take him out. And I, I mean, I feel like that's that's the most important thing is yeah. if you get that stuff, and then from there. I mean, if you can find somebody to take you out, then you're already ready to go. Because most of the time when you're going out with people, they they, already they've it. already got everything yeah. and they have no problems. So bare you minimum, out. you need a shotgun and some shells. Yep, shotgun, yeah, shotgun, shells, and some. Camo. And I would say that that's that's uh, speaking from like field hunters. I think you know what I mean because you guys did you guys take them out on a field hunter like yep. a pond hunt? Actually, the first hunt I took them out on was water. So, and I mean, I've got an extra pair of waders. But, oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, so for somebody. They I might, think you might have to put weight. I think that's that the hardest. That, I think that's the hardest sell on. Um, you know, if you're going to a if you're going to a marsh, um, and yeah. you got to tell a guy or a gal, um, hey, yep, you need a shotgun, um, 
and you need waders. Usually it ends up being like, hey, you can borrow a shotgun or you can borrow waders. Exactly, exactly. Um, either one. But And a lot of times people that do ex- express you know interest in hunting, um, at least for me, they have a shotgun yeah. already. Yeah, um, yeah. Or scattergat, going back to the vocabulary yeah, words. Yeah, scattergat. Um, I think, yeah, number one is shotgun. And, and you know, what kind of shotguns uh, should people be looking at? There's a whole you're episode just, on this. You're by just the way. getting into it. Remington 870 or Benelli Nova. 12 gauge. 12 gauge. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 250, 300 dollar blue collar gun. And then pump. Stoger. Uh, we've got a buddy yep. who he's hunted forever, and last year we taught him how to clean his gun, uh-huh. and it was Benelli Nova. Never been cleaned before and still runs. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I I have to clean the uh, the Browning a little bit more than that. Um, but uh, it's all good. Um. <laughs> We're working on the jerk rig over here. Um, but anyways, so you got your shotguns, you've got your waders. Um, I, I, I would recommend anybody stick to just a pump. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you advance in, in waterfowling, you will... I'm sure at some point I have not yet transitioned over into the semi-automatic uh, realm of the world, and then your buddies um, that are just starting out and they're just starting to get the confidence. They still have their their pump gun, and as you transition over to your uh, semi-automatic gun, they will make fun of you when you get the click of death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I I think everybody that shoots a semi-auto um, has experienced like. They pull the trigger and it goes, mm-hmm. you know. I, I've got a brand new gun that's done it <laughs> multiple times this year. So. And wasn't I, and I, you know, in full admittance here, because you're looking at me right now like you, I have to tell this story. Um, <laughs> I went, I shot my uh, my first round out of my Browning, and maybe I didn't do as much maintenance as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went back, man, of course, after I'd talked all this crap on the podcast, all this crap to you guys, you know, the the Browning BPS jams up <laughs> due to my uh, you know gross negligence and maintenance. So yeah, you definitely have to take a lot less, a lot more care of semi-autos than you do pumps. Though there's no doubt about that. I agree. Okay, you also need waders, and then we talked about this uh, neoprene or or um, you guys breathable guys. Not neoprene. Neoprene. Yeah. So. <laughs> Once again, here I am talking. Uh, so I was a huge breathable fan, but that's because I was hunting in Texas hunting and in Oklahoma. Weather, yeah. um, and not to say that I didn't just still appreciate my breathables, and I was layered up underneath of them just fine. Um, but I, we were out there and uh, in the marsh on one of these public marshes over here, and. The second day I we went out there, I put on the neoprenes that I was bombing from my dad, and it was a huge difference. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I was like, what am December I, is a different what am I doing? Like, Teal season, I was wearing my Cabela's fly fishing waders, and I that think, was yeah. See, I was wearing eight hundred milligram insulation yeah. during teal season, and I had I had swim trunks on under. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, during teal season uh, it, down in Texas, you can wear swim trunks. Like yeah, I don't. Oh, even, I could have most days on during yeah. kill season. Yeah, yeah. Kill. I don't even worry about it. I just wear yeah. like some crappy mu- shoes I can get mud on, and I you know wear yeah. some shorts, and we're good to go. 
Um, but man, oh, I miss the Southwest sometimes. Um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, so shotgun waiters, uh, and if you don't have anybody to go with, you're gonna need you're gonna need some decoys. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. What is, would you say is the minimum amount of decoys you can get away with? Are we talking about ducks or geese? No, I think we're talking about ducks. Talking about ducks. I mean, which actually raises four. a great point. Yeah, it, honestly, honestly, yeah, four. <laughs> I would buy a six the bare minimum. If you, if yeah. you can't afford six teal yeah. decoys that are twenty five bucks at yeah, if we're Academy yeah. or Walmart. Now let's say you have bought your shotgun, you have bought your waders, and you're still looking. You say, oh, yeah, I still got like hundred and fifty bucks left. I can chunk on some some decoys. If you think that's your budget, I'd say you're better off buying. Four, um, you know, good floating goose decoys than you are buying two dozen hot buys. Mallards. Hmm. Uh, that's a, that is a, I, I uh, will take that. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'll beg the difference. All right. Uh, got, I think the best. Well, you said duck, so, I mean, if you yeah, got 150, yeah. buy a six-pack or a dozen and a mojo, and well, there you go. Then, that's what even, I'm saying. I'm uh, saying for $150. I think, I think four big Floating goose decoys does you better than two, three dozen. Nah. Ah. Two, three dozen mallard decoys. It do, they don't have to be expensive. You can go buy flambos. Ooh. Two, three dozen. I see a challenge um, for next season. Hmm. We're going to go out. We're going to try to match it up similarly. And I'm only going to take, like, a couple floating goose decoys. And you guys are going to take out some, some duck decoys. I'll take out two dozen of the crappiest looking mallard decoys you've ever seen. I mean, we hunted them over this year on long lines. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's what we'll do. You take the duck decoys, I'll take the goose decoys, and then you can take milk jugs, Alec. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they used to do it. Really? Yeah, they used to do that. that. They used to take milk jugs out. Just tie a line onto them, throw them out in the water. You know, I've heard of poor men's snow goose spread as a bunch of Walmart bags. Yeah. I think we um, ought to try that. You know? Not very eco-friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Try not to let them blow away. But, Somebody uh, might be kind of kind of upset if you've got a thousand Walmart bags. Are we going to go on a snow goose hunt? I hope so. I think so. we got somebody who do it. I think, yeah. okay. Let me know. Yeah, let me know. Let me know, Alec. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Say you got some buddies. Um, no, I think, uh, I think we can get on. I think we can get on some snow geese yet. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about decoys, and so it's up in the air there. I, I think, you know, you're you're fine either way. You know, I think I think here's the most important part. Mm-hmm. You got to find the birds. You just got to be where they. If you find be. the birds, then you can take matter. out one decoy. Case in point, the winner of the snow goose um, competition, competition, Max. Yeah, Max Prairie Wings put on uh, for snow geese this year. I think they shot the winning team shot. Over four decoys. They only had four decoys. Are you serious? Over water. Oh, yeah, they were hunting water. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I wonder if that's the same team. I heard that one team had their whole spread stolen. Two teams Two had teams, their really? spread stolen, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's no good. That's, that's a, not what you want. I think a, we're seeing something, too. Like, this is the first year I've really seen, like, waterfowl hunting tournaments going on. Yeah. And I, I think it's... It could be taken wrongly, but I think, I think for it's the pretty good, good. I mean, the, you raise 
just alone the Goose Games. I mean, that was pretty small. And oh, that was eight. tiny compared to some oh, of the yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. Because of action, they raised, what, 25K at the banquet? Yeah. I, I, yeah, somewhere around there. And, yeah. and there's I only think, 10, 10, 11, 12 teams in the tournament. Yeah. I think I like it a little bit more when it's a, um, a tournament for um, fundraising for, for Habitat. Oh, yeah. It's for then, conservation. Yeah, for conservation. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that... I think waterfowl is about five or six years, and I can't remember who told me this. You said behind, right? Yeah, behind. Fishing. Behind fishing, yeah. In YouTube, in podcasts, um, in, you know, tournaments. I mean, there have been bass fishing tournaments forever, you know. But, um, yeah, I think you're starting to see that happen now. And I I think it's, uh, I think it's a, maybe it's it's a weird stage for for a waterfowl right now. I think we're going to, see some problems with it here in the future and I think we're gonna get past it and I think that you're gonna see that it has to be like proceeds go to Yeah, a lot of good comes out of it in the end. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. What other tools do you need uh, to, to be like, successful? You got like amenities. I mean you got your jerk cord flag like we were talking about. Yeah, your motion. You got a game strap to carry mm-hmm. your birds. You got a headlight so you can see in the dark. You oh got... oh here's a question for you guys. Uh so you're saying, you know, two, three dozen, you know, decoys, duck decoys. Would you rather take out three dozen decoys, duck decoys, or one jerk rig with four decoys on it? Two, three dozen decoys. Yeah. Really? We hunted over probably. Yeah. I'd rather take one jerk cord out. So if I, no, no, if I only, decoys. excuse me, you only get to choose. You get to choose one or the other. Well, three dozen decoys or jerk cord. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you have like, like a like a four four decoy jerk cord is that what you're talking yep. about yep that's oh. it you either get to take the yeah. four decoy jerk rig or you get to take uh three dozen i'll take my three dozen yeah i'll be fine okay. with that yeah 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 we usually hunt over at least three to five dozen obviously. yeah but never more than never more over six yeah oh we used to in in new mexico i, I guess we were running traffic on them really more than anything as they flew from the big lake to the marsh but we'd put out three, four hundred floaters. Yeah. We'd load, well, the, you know I that think, 10 foot John boat I have? Mm-hmm. That thing would be piled to the brim full yeah. of floating decoys and the shotguns would be sitting on yeah. top. Well, and I think this comes back to, which I, we'll talk about later, which is scouting. I think that's probably the most important part of waterfowling. Is if you want to be successful. If you want to be successful. Admittedly, sure. this was my first season that I really had to scout. No joke. Like, I learned a lot about scouting this year. I mean, we probably did the most scouting ever this year. Well, we didn't have very many birds here this year. Yeah, we had to drive an hour away to go find birds. Yeah, Yeah, usually, you know, with work and where I was, I'd say, (laughs) I'm going out. (laughs) I'm just going to, like you said, run and gun. Like, I'm I'm going to show up and I'm going to throw my decoys out. That's mainly what we did for ducks this year. But, I mean, got to show up. I mean, when we started out hunting at Wes's, remember, we just... We'd, after school, we'd just load up the trucks and go set out a spread. And yeah. Just yeah. not even know what we were, we're doing. Just see, and just we just got, got lucky. Hoping. So, yeah. It's okay. weird how it changes over. Calls. I think if you're a first time, and we're going to do a calling episode. Yeah. You guys are going to have to bring over, much to my wife's probably chagrin, you guys are going to have to bring over your duck calls. And we're going to we're gonna do a little duck calling competition over here. Uh-oh. Alice going to lose. I'll be Ben. Hey, I've won a uh, duck calling competition. I'll be fine on the. I only beat two other people, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no. Uh, I think Colin. 
I think if you're going to start off and you're real serious about it, um, bite the bullet and I think maybe start off on a single read and put the time into practicing. Just watch videos and learn. Yeah, if you're not going to practice though, if you just (laughs) want to show up, get a double read and just all you're going to do is learn how to do your single quack just to get a duck's attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, most of the time it's not even ducks in general i guess ducks more than geese but it's just getting their attention yeah yeah if you're you gotta not, learn how to read them yeah. more than you need to learn how to call them i mean so listen, most of the times you don't have talk. to call it ducks yeah yeah kidding. yeah your first season i think you need to listen more than you call oh for sure yeah <laughs> i mean we've had multiple hunts this year for i mean four hours straight there was just these guys yeah. well and that that comes with calling just, which we'll talk about in that episode but i mean there's a lot more harm to be done with overusing your call oh, yeah. than there is not using it. Yeah. If I had a choice between blowing a call every second for the whole hunt or never owning a call again, it would definitely be yeah. never owning a call again. And more times than not, those guys don't fire their guns. Yeah. Because they're just... Oh, yeah. The whole... Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of when it comes to ducks, all I need is a... That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Just that right there. And just or a whack. Hit him with that Drake whistle. Yep. <laughs> hey, hit him I, with the whistle. I got a whistle. I'll beat you both in the whistle comp. <laughs> it's because you have my whistle. No. I got my own whistle. Mm. I mean they're four dollars. Name name this duck call. Right here. Could be a wood duck. No, that's a widgeon. Mm. Or what about this they one? Sound good. Check this one out. Yeah, I know. I, I just was trying to show off a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm impressed. Is it? Thank you. <laughs> call yourself. That right there is what you call a uh, a lesson, folks. No, just kidding. Um, all right, so let's start capping it off here. Um, I think the the last thing that we need to really talk about is the rules of the trade. Obviously, when we're talking about rules, we're not talking about the... I guess we could be talking about the regulations and the laws and stuff. Yeah, but... But that's something that you definitely need to... You should already know all that. You should definitely be reading and boning up on that because uh, that's important. You do not want to... The first time you go out, I think that's the hardest part. If you're going by yourself, knowing the laws and regulations, identifying birds, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but there's also rules if you're going out to join somebody, you know, um, hopefully they're, whoever's know taking you, you out, they're buying your spot. Yeah. Know your place, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think some of the rules of the blind, um, I think number one, if somebody's taking you out somewhere, don't go to that spot unless you like, oh, yeah. Yeah. ask them and be like, yeah. so is it okay if I come back here? If it's a public land spot? Especially, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, if somebody takes you out to a public land spot, um, on the, you know, taking you out for the a first time, spot, yeah, especially. you ain't going to be taking your boys there the next weekend. Yeah. You no. know? That's a good way oh, to just automatically make enemies right there. Oh, yeah. You're done at that point. Yeah. You're yeah. done. Unless they're like, if I'm taking out a new guy, I'll take him to a spot normally that I know is going to produce mm-hmm. some success. Oh, yeah. And I know if they are really going to be into it and they're going to start doing this stuff by themselves, like, I'll take them to a spot that I don't mind them going to. But I always tell them, like, hey, like, just let me know if, like, you know, like, if you're going to go out without me and you're going to go to this spot, I took you there. You know, first season, 
you know, you should probably text me. Second season, I don't know, kind of game on, you know. Yeah. But, and if it's private, definitely don't go back there thinking that you... Oh, yeah, that's, no. just, that's just illegal <laughs> at that point. It's yeah. just against the law. Yeah. Well, even when I go, you know, on, on my way home from work, I'd scout for you guys all the time. And even I before I pulled into the driveway, I'd, you know, there's one particular spot. The only way you can scout it is if you pull up the mm-hmm. road, yeah. uh, which is private, and I, you know, I would, I'd be like, hey, can I pull up there? Yep, yep, go ahead. You know, that whole yeah. thing. Even though I'm out there yeah. trying to give you guys information, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what what are some other rules that you should abide by as, uh, I guess, in the blind? Hmm, I got, don't, don't be cocky. Yeah. Kind of. Or, like, uh, just respecting and knowing your place, really. Yeah. Like, don't go out there. Especially if you've hunted before or something else, but, you know, you're out waterfowl hunting for the first time or with it, or with a new group. You, you're you not the shot caller. Like, you wait, you know, follow the guys the directions that put in the time to scout the place. Yeah, I mean, we went out with some guys this year, and it was like they were, like, trying to educate us on, like, on what to do, and we're like, we know what to do, like... <laughs> This is our spot. Like, yeah, we've we've done plenty fine here. Yeah. So we've done all the scouting here. We yeah. own all the decoys here, and you're showing up and you're trying to tell us what to. Yeah, yeah. I guess the good rule that I always try to go with is if it's not your scout, if it's not your scout. You didn't find the birds, then you should probably just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. If it's I mean, not been, your truck, don't touch the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where you might, if you think, like I've been out on a hunt where uh, this year where I showed up wasn't my scout and um they set up in a what i would consider a pretty bad place and i mean I, I put in my two cents i was like hey what if we moved up here and the answer was no and then that was kind of the end of that conversation i mean we didn't do very good but i mean at the same time it's like one of those things where if you didn't scout it then you don't really know what's going on so it's true. You just, just you gotta respect you gotta situation. I think you just gotta respect the people that you're with. So, and I'm sure as that if I go out and hunt with those guys again, then I'm sure it'll be a better be a better hunt. I mean, the birds just didn't work. So. As long as they know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. If, yeah. If there's someone who doesn't know what they're doing, they're trying to tell you what to do. Then yeah, it's a different situation. I don't know. It's hard. You like Alex said, you just gotta know your place. Yeah. 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 For sure. We we try and hunt with good friends, so then we don't ever have the problem. And if we want to exchange words, we'll exchange some words <laughs> right right and then we'll fix the problem and yeah that's fine absolutely i think um you know another rule too uh, that's i think that this comes part of hunter safety um uh, but don't be the new guy that is always having his you know that people got to worry about um uh, yeah <laughs> shoot and then put your gun on safe when people are out picking up birds oh, yeah. awesome i have a story about that yeah, uh, last few hunts of the season, we were out with a I guy that we've there. hunted with multiple times throughout the year, and he, uh, we were sitting there, we were working a group of, group of geese, and they were swinging on us, about to come in, and all of a sudden you hear, bang, and his gun went off <laughs> while we were laying in the layout blind, and so one of the buddies I was with looks over at him, and that was just kind of the end of that conversation. A few minutes later, we got a second group of birds on the deck, and everybody lays into them, and there's one that gets hit, and it flies out there a little ways, it's just kind of sails. And There's another vocab word. 
Yeah, sailor. Oh, sailor, floater. Yep. yep. Dripping oil, as they yep. would say. So, and it kind of sailed out a couple hundred yards, and the guys who whose gun just went off ran out there, and then my my other buddy went out there to go get it, and uh, <laughs> it was just a bad judgment on on the guy's part, and he shot, and the shot landed about ten feet in front of the other guy and didn't even hit the bird yeah oh yeah no didn't even hit the bird and it's just one of those things where pretty quick I mean, way to not get invited next time well yeah and it's just one of those just things not to where, be hunted with again yeah well i mean yeah it's, you just sometimes you just gotta slow down and just think about what you're doing don't get too excited oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. a bird so and like i always like the the rule number one of you know, gun safety is is that gun is never pointed anywhere that you would not, you know, be comfortable with. Yeah. Shot flying that way. Yeah. Um, because, you know, mechanical safeties they fail. People's trigger discipline fails, whatnot. But as long as muzzle awareness is not failed, um, you'll be fine. What other rules we got? Uh, oh yeah, calling. You know, when you roll up in there and you know, you want to try calling, talk to the talk to the lead caller. Usually, somebody gets designated as the lead caller. And when it's hunting ducks, it's usually just one or maybe two guys. And he'll you know he'll say or you'll talk and you'll be like, hey, you know, Alec is the lead caller today. Um, if we need backup, you know what I mean. You know, Ben and Austin, you guys be doing chuckle yeah. feeds or like. And it one depends of, on the group that you're working to I yeah guess. exactly so like the guy will be like and once you get a good groove going you know that like okay hey you know that you can rotate the lead collar and all that stuff but um everybody kind of knows their their part in the musical instrument and once uh, you hunt with people long enough you just it's just natural yeah exactly everything yeah and there's well some organized team. Yeah, there's some yeah. groups that you know you go hunting out with, and everybody's calling, and that's that's the way that that group wants to hunt. And then there's other groups that you go out with, and it's like, hey, we're just doing a couple. It's it's all the uh, the culture of you know that hunting party, like and, a field hunting. So you'll we'll be I'll be calling a group of birds, and but try once and, you get their try attention, and strictly or? never call when they're flying right over the top. And yeah. then if we're hunting with somebody who's not like our normal group. We'll, it's hard to be like, hey, man, don't call. Like, when cause like, right. Especially if that person did the scout or found the field, but then they might be flaring those birds at the same time. Yeah. So it's like, where do you cut yeah. it off? Push out a lot of birds calling, and it's just one of those things where the most important thing with calling is reading birds. you got to learn how to read them. you got to learn how they're responding. Oh, yeah, that while. just takes time. So yeah. And for a new hunter, that's one of those things where you might talk to the group that you're with and be like, hey, if you guys don't mind, can I call a little bit? And if they want to help you out and stuff like that, but just something you need to be need to be vocal with. Yep. Not be afraid to ask and talk about. So, Yeah, I think uh, in conclusion here for this episode, I think we need to talk about a little bit outside of the, you know, hunting stuff. What, what's some expectations that you can have from, you know, a duck or a goose hunt? Hopefully you've got some birds on your strap when you're walking out yeah they're just <laughs> i would say that's a bad expectation to have you know yeah yeah go in there you know uh think have fun and be thankful for what you're enjoy the ride yeah. as they say uh and i think take in the sights yeah you're gonna be cold probably depending where you are 
I think that's something that you always need if to. If you're a new waterfowler, <laughs> try to go out for teal season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then I think that you just need to like um, getting wet or getting sweaty means that you're going to be cold. Yeah. So yeah. if you got to pace yourself, pace yourself. Um, I would rather walk out there and be freezing on the walk out, but then once we're done setting up the decoys, you know, put layer up, jacket, you know, put yeah. on the other jacket and then. Um, be warm for the rest of the hunt then mm-hmm. start off sweaty and that's not that's no good yeah. I got another on like rules so I'm like meeting a guy at a ramp it's like I feel like a lot of people flare off like new hunters and stuff because they aren't respectful or they're they're they try and act like a badass or like a yeah. hard ass yeah. and kind of just scare off new people from doing it because they act so serious and whatnot. I don't know. Just you know fun. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There is kind of, uh, I think, especially public land. Yeah, especially Nobody public wants land. to be, the, like, we all put a lot of passion and time into this. We think about it during the off-season. We spend hard-earned money on it. Oh, yeah. No one wants to show up and feel like they're the inferior hunter. Just know how yeah. to be respectful and communicate with other hunters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and if somebody is kind of being a tool to you... Just, just be yeah, like, don't worry I mean, about them. It doesn't it's, matter. It's, yeah, and you know, in our day and age, hunters need to band together. Yeah, you know, I would say, and absolutely. They're just um, pushing farther and farther apart all the time. I mean, yeah, exactly. There, there's no sense in two groups hunting two hundred yards away from each other. No, no. Like no. if you both put the time and effort in there, and somebody beats you out there, ask to I join always them. ask. Yeah, and if you ask my like. <laughs> Ask anybody that's hunted with me this season, and you'll know I'm a big old softie for somebody that, like, rolls up late to the marsh. Like, I just am. I've been that guy, you know. I was trying to help my wife change an extra diaper and got beat to the beat to the spot. Uh, hit up plan B. That was taken, too. And uh, go, go over to plan A and say, hey, man, I will take some pictures, and I will be uh, very helpful during this hunt. I have an extra two or three dozen decoys. Mind if I... Pull up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you get those guys that are stubborn and they'll set up 50 yards away from you and you can yeah. still talk to them just, and they'll just stay there. And yeah. That just ruins a whole Shoot at your birds. Day. Call it your birds. Yep. I mean, and that's public land though. I mean. Yeah. That's, that's not good. But I think uh, if everybody, you know, was a little bit nicer out there, things yeah. would be a heck of a lot better because you have way more in common with that dude that's out in the marsh than you do with the dude that's yeah. like hanging out but i mean it's yeah. competitive too like <laughs> yeah it's, yeah yeah don't don't expect every time you go out <laughs> no. that you can just join on the best spot i mean yeah i mean we're nice to guys at the ramp and all that but then after that it's game on yeah <laughs> yeah honestly yep. yeah especially if it's two like very similar hunting groups you know yeah um and and, and more than often than not Everybody's got a plan B. Or a Always C. have a plan B. Yeah, if you, yeah. yeah, if you're hunting Maybe public, in C, C and D, D, you need to know everything about where you're hunting. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah. So if uh, like in in summary here, um, if you're nervous about going out, um, listen to a few more episodes and pick and choose the ones that you want, and then uh, listen up because we got we got some good uh, instructional 100 series ones, um, and uh, so. I think the last thing that I want to leave everybody with is, and I'm going to put these guys on the spot right now, um, you have two minutes to get somebody ready for a waterfowl hunt. What are you going to say to them, Alex? Ten seconds. Uh, 
Get your wallet out. <laughs> Get your wallet out. <laughs> yeah. Be ready to spend a little bit of money. That's for sure. That's true. So. As you're right. Yep. I think the average cost, I would say, like from scratch, with licenses and the equipment that you need, you're probably looking at six or seven hundred bucks on the very low end. Yeah. I mean, I spend my all my money, like my extra money, on waterfowl. Yeah. It's an expensive so, hobby, but, but worth every penny. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. If I had. I wish I had more money to spend, honestly. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things where you've got a long off season, so you know. Work for spend, it. Spend hundred dollars. Make here, a plan. Hundred dollars there. Hundred dollars here. Yep. And by the time season rolls around, you haven't been hit too hard financially, and yep. you're ready to rock. Yeah. Or Make do what you guys and... did. Like you guys know, like Alec, you can't afford a goose spread all by yourself. No. Yeah. Um, and you neither, just band you know, up. Together. Yeah, you band up, and everybody buys four, five, six dozen, yeah. and next thing you know, you. You're sitting in a field full of, full of decoys. Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah. yeah. We got any other closing thoughts? No. All right. I don't think so. Well, this is uh, the boys from Flint Hill Waterfowls. We didn't mention that until no, the very we didn't end here. That, no. So go give them a. Uh, Are you going to know how that started? Oh, yeah. How did Flint Hill start? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we were sitting. We got done hunting one morning, yeah, and we went down to the Bob's di- old good old Bob's diner. Yeah, never had ate there. We were like, it feels like some diner food. So yeah, we pulled up and the Heartland Waterfowl crew was there, and we were like, we took like a triple take. We we're like, holy shit, that's Heartland Waterfowl here in town. Yeah, yeah. We look outside. There's about four trailers sitting outside, and <laughs> like sixty thousand dollar trucks, and just oh, yeah, yeah. We're like oh. man, that'd be. I wish we were, we're like, like they're guys. living the dream, and we're like. I think they were hunting snows out around Jeffrey, and then we just were like, well, let's just make a page and show what we do. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, our lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, I think there's a lot. Of, I think there's. I think that's a cool part about uh, Instagram and, like, the photos. And you guys are doing some good photos and stuff, is that uh, I think it's important to show people, um, you know, that you're, you are passionate about this, and um, it's fun. Yeah, it's it more, just, a whole it's other more about than just killing. Yeah, yeah. There's way more to it. Yeah, I mean, I like I'm a killer, but uh, there's a lot more to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I think someone I once you know said it was like I think it was Josh Crosby. It was like, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the the best picture I've ever taken was of like a decoy hitting the water as someone threw yeah. it out. Not some cupped up bird getting pulverized by, you know, BB. Like yeah. everybody sees a, a, you know, a tailgate full of birds and. Yeah. Um, there's so much more to it than everybody always sees the end result. Yep. I mean, but, and you learn new things every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's never ending a process, honestly. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Every hunt you learn something new. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So uh, we're gonna be putting out uh, some more beginner stuff. We got I got like roasted by like some dudes, uh, and you you know you never want to like read your reviews too carefully. Um, but I got like roasted by some guys like saying, "Ah, oh, you know this podcast sucks because I saw that the intro yeah, one. I yeah, saw one no, guy gave you like one star. There's no, uh, there's no, it's like the, there's there's no useful information for new waterfowl hunters. And so if that was you, this this next like these like next six episodes are for you, pal. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna teach these people the good word of waterfowl hunting as best I can in spite. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's you know, it's it's good. 
it's good to know. It's good to get the pulse. Yeah. That, uh, some people want some more, you know, 100 level series stuff, and that's why I brought uh, the Flint Hills crew on with me here, Alec and Austin. Who else is in that? Like, Chase. Buddy, yeah, one of our roommates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other friends, but yeah, yeah I'm with yeah. us, but they don't. Yeah. yeah, might as well give Jake the password. Yeah, Jake and Blaine. <laughs> yeah, Blaine. Yeah, Blaine. He's a good kid. Yeah. So, but anyway, so you'll we'll be uh, we'll be going through what we're gonna do a scouting episode. Um, Colin and Deeks. Colin, decoys. How to set up that kind of stuff. So some real 100 level intro stuff that hopefully you guys can learn from to get you out in the marsh. Uh, go back through and listen to uh, some of our old stuff. We've evolved quite a bit. Uh, since we started, we're coming up like on the year anniversary um, Sweet. of running this podcast, and I think it's it's just been really exciting. And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, let's tie this, let's tie a bow on this one. Yeah, we're looking good. forward to recording some more. Yep. Yeah. All right, see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great-great-grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, We also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can... Get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right, stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.